Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Conservative Party Conference, always a pleasure, never a chore. Now, this is probably the last conference before the next general election, which, if we're honest, it's not likely to lose pretty badly as things stand. Are they resigned to that? What do they think they've achieved in the last 13 years? Do they think the country's really better off? Um, culture wars, the veering off to the right, is that basically the future of this party? Basically, I want to know, in the potentially dying days of a Conservative government, where the hell this lot are heading and what does it mean for the rest of us? How do you feel things are going for the Tories at the moment? Are they getting better? Do you think they're getting better? Definitely getting better, yeah. yes. Definitely. You... We're, we're on the up again. What do the Conservatives stand for now? What, how do you sum up Conservative philosophy in 2023? Economic incompetence. Ooh. Oh dear. I know. It's not great, is it? What are the Tories' proudest domestic achievements the last 13 years that you're proud of, that you've achieved? Not much. I really, yeah. Really? There's nothing I can really say. I mean, Brexit-ish. Who would you like to take over from Rishi Sunak? I don't know. Well, I've got all these things for new Conservatives. None of these are particularly in uh, the running for the leadership. Ian Duncan Smith again? No. <laughs> Jacobi's Mog? That'd be fun, but it's not likely to happen. Would you think it'd be fun? I think it'd be quite fun. Would you vote for him? I think so. Seriously? I think I might. Do you think Tories would win under him? No, but it's not like they're going to win under Ricky Sunak anyway, so, you know. If you look at the queues outside, I think it's nice to know that enough people care about the country and the people who live in the country. Is that how you'd sum up the Tories, caring for the country and its people? No, I see all politicians care for the people. I just think that uh, some people have a better understanding than others. Okay. And we're hoping, uh, we're going off to see now what's going to happen with transport because we're very interested in HS2 and we would like the whole country to be served by HS2. While Rishi Sunak was settling in to listen to the Chancellor's speech, one of the biggest price tag decisions of government was leaking out across the media. Have you betrayed the law? Jeremy Hunt and Rishi Sunak have signed off on the cancellation of the Manchester leg of HS2. But they've arrived in Manchester not quite ready to announce that or the package of transport investments aimed at softening the blow. Scrapping HS2, mm -hmm. uh, it up yours to the north really, isn't it? It's not up yours to the north. It's a cost-effective solution. I supported it, but the, the cost has spiralled. I think it's a nonsense. What's a nonsense? It's cancelling it. Yeah. Are you kind of angry about it? I am. Yes, I am. 
I think uh, it's just another example of uh, perhaps you know the, the north um, not receiving its um, um, its dues. People in Manchester are going to be pretty annoyed. Yeah, I would be. I would be. How would you feel if you were a Mancunian? Uh, well, you know. That, that's one thing. I mean, you know, it, it depends on people's views on HS2, I suppose. Um, if you were Mancunian, do you think you'd be happy with that decision? I'm not Mancunian. Very embarrassing. Are you happy? No, because I actually support HS2 going all the way through to Manchester. I do think that the Conservative Party should certainly rethink uh, the way, way forward, because the whole purpose of HS2 was to try to extend the successes in terms of economic wealth of the south to the north of England. It's not just about the railway, it's a lot bigger than that. It's not, so levelling up is not over at all. Uh, levelling up is just a political slogan. I mean, because why would anyone in Manchester vote for the Conservatives? Uh, <coughs> working class people will, because working class people, many of them believe in solid Conservative values. They see the people who are sitting at home getting benefits and not doing any work. And you, is that what you think is happening? You think people are sitting, let well, them lazy got five, for benefits? Well, we've got 5.7 million people of working age who are not working. So you think people are falsely claiming benefits now because yes. they're lazy? Yes, yes, yes. Lee, how are you doing? Oh yeah, we've got yeah. a proper job yet. Um, what, <laughs> speaking of jobs, do you think it's appropriate for Tory ministers to have state of, yeah. Tory deputy chair to have a GB News job? Shouldn't well, you look represent here. your constituents? Look here, Owen. Yeah. Yeah, all this uh, complaining about my second job. How much are you paid? How much are you paid a year? It's, it's hundred grand a year. You know how much I've paid. It's right. on my rates of interest. Right. Do you think it's ridiculous that Tory politicians? Well, you're going to shut up and listen. You're going to shut up and listen. Shut your mouth and listen. Oh, forty-five grand of that goes back to the treasury to pay. You know, to pay for. Uh, things like the NHS. Oh, you're moonlighting not being a job. Do you still think people using food banks are ballot budgeting? I never said that. You did? No, I didn't. So you, you see, you haven't got the intellect or brains right. to understand what I said. Why did I said there are generations of people in this country right. who struggle to budget and cook, and that's true. There's not this views, this, this massive views for food banks in this country. We've got generation after generation who cannot cook properly, they can't cook a meal from scratch, they cannot budget, the challenge is there. We've got this culture now in, in some of these deprived areas where where people are now are so dependent on food banks, it's like a weekly shop for them. We try not to eat a lot in one day. Even though um, most of us are really hungry, we have to be careful with our food. We don't like to, we don't have a lot of money to buy food and drinks. So that place is helping us a lot. Show me these kids that are in poverty. Bring, bring me some, yeah, bring me okay. some to my office. All right, All right Lee, bring, pleasure. Bring, bring some to my office. Bring to your office? Yeah, bring them to my office. Okay. Is that how we have to prove people are in poverty? Yes, you have to it is, because you haven't got a clue. You have to take... You just, you just believe your own nonsense, sure. what you pump out every day. Well, I believe in objective statistics. You're not important, Owen. You're not I'm important. not important. You seem no, quite, important. quite angry, man, Lee. I'm not angry. You seem quite angry. Not angry. Take anger I'm management lessons, No, maybe. no, no, I'm quite... Uh, Do you think it was a bit ridiculous you interviewed Sorella Braverman? You're a Tory MP interviewing a Tory home I'll tell you what's ridiculous. You walking around here dressed like that. Why don't you I think I, I, feel, I feel relaxed. 
13 years of Toy Rule, how has Britain been changed for the better compared to 2010? What are, the, what are you most proud of? Ultimately, it hasn't changed. I mean, I, I think that it's changed for the worse. We see the highest tax burden since the Second World War. We have soaring house prices. The government have been unable to reform a planning system, which means that we're unable to afford our own homes. So ultimately, I don't think things have changed for the better. What are you most proud of that the Tories have achieved since 2010 in terms of making Britain a better place? Since 2010, I think educational standards have improved vastly. Right. You know, loads more schools are better outstanding. Uh-huh. Reading standards are much better for children. Um, and health service funding is a lot better. I know you're going to talk about the waiting well, list. Well, I mean, so. that's quite key, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Record waiting list for the NHS. It's kind of on knees, I think, isn't it? That could be a problem with the NHS as a system, though, but Ooh. I don't want to get into that. I don't want to get. No, I love the NHS. Do you want to privatise the NHS? Absolutely not. No. No, no, it's just might be something you'd hear in like the IEA think tank or something, yeah, but I not from me. Oh, I think we're a more inclusive country. I oh. think it was amazingly good that when Liz Truss, you remember Liz Truss? I do remember Liz Truss, yeah. good because it wasn't very long. Well, blink and you miss it. Liz, are you going to run for Prime Minister again? Leader of the party again? Second time lucky, what do you think? Let's be prepared to make conservative arguments again, even if it's unpopular even if it's difficult. I want everybody in this room to unleash their inner conservative. Liz Truss, she's back. <laughs> uh, what, but she's popular. I mean, people are packing out the room That's for her. That's no idea what. That's actually... I, I mean, we were going to go at one point kind of for the joke. I think, in, in theory, Liz Truss, I think, has a lot of really good stuff about her. She talks a very strong case. I think when it came to the delivery, we, were, we, we found that there was, a, there was frailties in that, and I think it was moved too fast. But actually, what she says and about how she positions herself, I think is actually really quite straightforward and appeals to a lot of Conservatives. Why has she got the most enthusiasm here? She had the most packed meeting. Did she? She did, yeah. Oh, I missed it. Why do you think, though? Why is she so popular? I don't know. I wasn't there. No. I was doing something else. Would you like her back? No. No. <laughs> Don't think she should be apologising rather than saying she's, you know, her ideas yes, are correct. Yes, she should be apologising. Yes, she should. I think she's got a brass neck to be here. I mean, when you think about it, a year ago she was on the main stage, Prime Minister, now she's in some side room. You think, well, you've got to have some balls to do that, haven't you, really? Or, or to be totally in denial. And finally, my friends... Let's make Britain grow again. Thank you. This is the Great British Growth Rally, starring Liz Truss. They will not get everybody into the room. There is a genuine buzz here. Uh, And these, of course, are Tory party members. They voted for her to become leader of the party and prime minister. And they weren't asked, of course, when she was removed. But even more importantly, it's the message. It's about helping small business, reducing taxes, and actually getting growth, which is the only way we get out of this mess. I've got to tell you, this is more exciting than anything happening in the conference hall. When were you last at a Tory conference? Late 80s. Right, late 80s. I think it was Bournemouth. So you're here for the first time in since perhaps 1987, 1988. Yeah. My first question is, have you had to rejoin the Conservative Party? No. Do. Would you like to share it with TV uh, News? I, no, I, I, I think that my presence here highlights the divisions within the party. Right. 
Hayden, Hayden. Hello. Would you say you've taken over the Conservative Party now? Why not just join them? You've taken over. Join them? Yeah. What would I agree with them on? Well, what, what do you disagree with them on? They basically, you've basically well, taken well, them you over. Well, you tell me what they stand for and I might give you an answer. Well, what, what do you mainly disagree with them now politically? On immigration, they've, they've oh, taken your well, policies on. What, what, you, bank. Well, I mean, we've got higher levels of legal immigration today than ever before. And we wonder why we can't get G, you know, GP appointments. Is Sue Ella Braverman basically a Faragist, though? Where do you think, would you disagree with her in any big substantial issue? Well, no, I think she agrees with me in a, to, to, in a very well, large you've way. You've taken over the Conservative Party. Well, there may be a wing of the Conservative Party that agrees with me, but equally, there's a, perhaps an even bigger wing inside Parliament that would disagree with me. If Sue Ella Braverman becomes leader, will you join the Conservative Party? Gosh, I left them a long time ago. I know, but would you rejoin if she was leader? I would, do you know what? If she was leader, I would at least believe in some of the policies. Right. Would I trust them uh -huh. to deliver on them? Interesting. I don't know. And are you going to stand across the board against Conservative candidates? Well, I'm only the honorary president. You know, I, ha I have no really active okay. role, but that is Richard Tice's intention, yeah. Okay. And if that means the Labour government, how do you feel about that? And what would the difference be? You, you, there's no difference between well, Conservatives I mean, and Labour. I mean, they're, they're two Social Democrat parties. There's almost no difference. Social there? Democrats? They're both Social Democrat right. parties. Okay. They're both big state, high tax, high immigration. So Rishi Sunak's a raging lefty, as far as you're concerned. He's a centrist Social Democrat. He's socially more conservative, perhaps, than Boris Johnson was, or some other previous uh -huh. leaders. But on the really big stuff, there isn't much to choose. And that's the truth of it. One thing for certain is a rapidly rising population is diminishing the quality of life in this country. And but, that absolutely I have no, no, no Because you no get people question. who come here, they work, they pay taxes, they pay into the economy, that's a good thing. A rapidly rising population diminishes the quality of life for everyone. So we need to get rid of these foreign doctors and nurses? What we need, actually, what we need to do is keep our own. Right. We, we well, train them at public expense and they go off to Australia yeah, and well, elsewhere. We, well, that's because we're not no, paying no, no, them no, properly. No. That's because we're not paying them properly. I mean, I repeat the point. Do you think we should a pay rapidly, them? So, a rapidly rising population has diminished people's quality But we need to pay our doctors. That's an example. We, should, we pay our doctors. Do you support a 35% increase well, of return back to 2010? We should indenture them. Indenture them? Yeah, yeah. If, if we put public money into training people right. who work in the NHS... But you force doctors they, to stay they, in the country whether they They, want... for a minimum, should give us some years back. Are you, Absolutely. So, are you Absolutely. genuinely suggesting that foreign doctors... Oh, sorry, British doctors should be forced to stay here? Against their For work. a period of time, if we're putting public money into them, absolutely. Do you not think of a better course. way around rather than Ra depriving them of their freedom? Depriving, Do you not think we should just pay them a proper wage, then they'll stop going to Australia? Than depriving Mali right. and countries like that, who probably okay. need those doctors and nurses more than we do. No, no, there's a lot more we can do with this. So, we, instead of paying doctors a proper, a proper wage, keeping up with inflation, oh. we should force them to stay here. <laughs> Actually, once they're qualified, they're earning a lot of money. A lot of money. Right. I'll okay. see you later. Cheers, Nigel. How are you doing? Okay, How's it going? This is a well. this is a tradition. We've interviewed you for this before. I could little be up here. You're now a lord. I am. How long have you been a lord for now? Uh, since uh, 2018. Obviously, we served under David Cameron. The Tories have gone through quite a few iterations since then. What does being a Conservative stand for in 2023? What's the philosophy? Uh, 2023 is always going to be about serving the country, not becoming terribly dogmatic, allowing yourself to be taken over by extremists. Would you, like Sorella so, Braverman, you mean? How does a refugee, a gay refugee, prove they're gay? That's what Sorella Braverman talks about. I mean, I have, a, I have a view about this, and I think uh, that neither the Conservative Party right. uh, nor the Labour Party have got the answer to this at all. Right. I think we've become obsessed by the pull factor, and I think we need to give a little bit of thought to the push factor. Why are these people risking their lives? Why are they wanting to travel? Because we got rid of safe and legal routes and, for and, the vast majority of the world. And what we need to be able to do right. is to ensure that the people 
don't need to do that travel, that they have a better life. So you want safe and legal routes to be expanded? Well, we need to ensure. Well, well I mean, what Suala Brabham is offering is a safe and legal route in Rwanda so that they can be uh, processed off, uh, no. off country. That means they're deported permanently to Rwanda? No, they're not. No, it doesn't mean that. No, it doesn't mean that. They're That's what the Rwanda scheme means. It doesn't mean they go no, there then come no, back. No, the Rwanda scheme means that they are uh, protests off country. Yeah, and I'm, they stay I'm, in Rwanda. I, I mean, I'm, I'm certain about that. Yeah, and they stay in Rwanda. They're not allowed to come back to Britain after that. The process of, of them being uh, processes, there is a possibility of them coming back. There isn't. That's not how it works. The Rwanda scheme means they permanently stay in Rwanda. You must, I, must know that. I don't know that, no. I don't That's think, the I don't policy think right. of the Conservative Party. The policy of the Conservative Party is to be able to is to be able to look at applications off country. Do you honestly think? Sorry, do you think the policy is they go to Rwanda, then they then they're processed, then they can come back to Britain? Do you not know that? I'm genuinely curious. Well, I'm. I'm I mean, I don't know why you're so aggressive. I'm not I'm aggressive. I'm, I'm just I'm, confused. You don't know the policy. The idea is to is to be able to process these off country and to be able to. Uh, ensure that uh, there isn't a pull factor but, across the. Uh, but across they're the permanently game. deported to Rwanda. Well, no one's gone yet. No, I know. The scheme's not working, clearly, and it's been ruled to be illegal. So, but in, in any case, it isn't about them going to Rwanda and processing and coming back to Britain. That's but not. Their, the their application will be processed in Rwanda. And they're then left in Rwanda. All right, cheers, Eric. Thank you. All the very best. Love you. you too. Take care. The government also accepts that whoever is on the plane isn't coming back, as Mark Easton explains. The, the Rwandans will do the process. Um, they will decide whether that person is a genuine refugee. If they are, uh, they will be then entitled to remain in Rwanda. If they aren't, they may seek other immigration routes to stay in Rwanda, but they may be deported. Hey, how you doing? Uh, yeah. Would you like to box pop? Yeah, I mean, oh, uh, I've just checked the scheme. I was right. right. No, you're not. No, I am right. They don't get to come back. If, if their application is approved, they do. No, they don't. Yes, they do. They don't, Eric. They do. They don't. I've just checked the scheme. Right, OK. I, we will check. That's not true. That's not true. The scheme does not allow people to come back. They're having a new life in Rwanda. That's the point. If they don't pass the, the application. No, if their application, then they stay in Rwanda. Yes. The scheme. Eric, I've checked the scheme over and over again. Ian Dale found this out on national radio when he was being interviewed about it, and he exclaimed his surprise and shock because he thought it meant people got to come back to Britain, they were just being processed offshore. I've just, I've just looked at the scheme. Honestly, honestly, I know what the scheme is. And look, Ian Dale, this, you should watch the segment when Ian Dale realises for the first time what it is on LBC, and when he finds out for the first time, he's shocked. Okay. I mean, I, I have to say, I'm really, really shocked by this. I mean, I thought um, it was a mad policy to begin with, but this makes it even madder. Uh, Anne in Rochester says, Hi, Ian, uh, the BBC are reporting that refugees sent to Rwanda have to stay in Rwanda. No return to the UK. Unbelievable, isn't it? Well, how, how anybody can think that that is justifiable, I do not understand. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the Home Secretary, Suella Bravo. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Keir Starmer lacks the personality to lead this country effectively. Imagine, imagine what would happen if he became prime minister. Luxury beliefs would reign supreme. Britain would go properly woke. Things are bad enough already. We see it in parts of Whitehall, in museums, in galleries, in the police, and even in leading companies in the city. Under the banner, under the banner of diversity, equity, and inclusion, official policies have been embedded that distort the whole purpose of these institutions. Highly controversial ideas are presented to the workforce and to the public as if they're motherhood and apple pie. Gender ideology, white privilege, anti-British history. And the evidence demonstrates that if you don't challenge this poison, things just get worse. There's no such thing as gender Whole ideology. institutions Captured. No. And of course, as always happens when the left gets well, the upper hand, those who fail to conform are persecuted. Chased out of their jobs for saying that a man can't be a woman. Scolded for rejecting that they're beneficiaries of institutional racism. This Conservative government has begun the task of clearing out this pernicious nonsense. the Home Secretary has travelled a long way to reflect on an immigration mess that she is in charge of, but then she believes Britain is bound by a failing global asylum system. A neat deflection or provoking debate? Probably both, and with language that's unprecedented for a Home Secretary. Multiculturalism makes no demands of the incomer to integrate. It has failed because it allowed people to come to our society and live parallel lives in it. They could be in the society, but not of the society. And in extreme cases, they could pursue lives aimed at undermining the stability and threatening the security of our society. Suella Braverman, do you think she's right when she says immigration is an existential threat to the West? Ooh. 
Multiculturalism, Suella Bravan said it failed. Do you agree with that? Yes. Why has it failed? I think that we have many... Well, no, what's the best way of phrasing this? When mismanaged, immigration can cause lots of problems. I d wouldn't put it in those words. I, I know Suella Braverman, and I, I have high regard for her. I do think that the Refugee Convention needs to be looked at because it's old. Actually, I think it was Phil who pointed out to me that uh, the democracies are... Um, certainly uh, a minority on this particular planet that we live on. Uh, we're outnumbered. The, de the democracies are outnumbered about, um, uh, I would say, one to three. But what's the evidence that people living here from different cultures don't accept democracy? I'm sorry? The... Is it, I mean, but what's the evidence that people coming here from different cultures don't accept democracy? Uh, there, uh, I think there's evidence in plenty. <laughs> Quite, uh, there's quite a lot of evidence. Who? I'm not prepared to say. Oh, well, it's just. A I, ref I refuse to say. You refuse to say which cultures aren't accepting democracy, Britain. Mm, I think most people understand uh, what I'm referring to. Who? Ref uh, who? Well, I don't wish to be drawn on the subject. Okay. Well Okay, sure. Just, I'm trying to work out. With, I mean, that's sort of a big statement. I don't. I, thought... I don't think it's helpful to point the finger. Nigel Farage, what do you think about him? Uh, <laughs> well, you can't deny the effect he's obviously having on this conference. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm someone who, you know, even back in 2019, you know, I would have, in the European elections, I would have voted for the Conservative Party, not the Brexit Party. Uh, but you can't deny the impact he's had on the modern-day Conservative Party. In what way? What's he done to the Conservative Party? Well, obviously, you know, he's what caused the referendum. That, that's the reality. And, you know, I think if, the you know, if there was a straw poll of Conservative members now, if they could elect a leader... Do you think um, it'd be him? I think it'd be high up there. Uh, not personally for me, but he would be high up there. I mean, he transformed the Conservatives, let's be honest. He did change the Conservatives. Well, I'm not sure that's strictly true. You've always had... The Conservatives have always been a very broad tent. You've always had factions within it. Look as far back as Enoch Powell. Yeah. You know, I'm not necessarily comparing the two, but there's always been one end of the party and another end of the party. Do you think Enoch Powell would be pretty happy with some of the things Suella Braverman was saying? Oh, I, can, okay, I wouldn't comment on that. What do you think of Enoch Powell? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm not too brushed up on my history, but from what he's, what he's said, I'm not too sure. Right. <laughs> what do you think? Enoch Powell? Enoch Powell's obviously a very divisive figure. Yeah. What do you think of him, though? Personally, what I think of him is a lot of stuff he was saying, although very divisive at the time, has come to pass. What? Rivers of blood? Not yet, no. No? But do you think that's But massive demographic replacement in some of our biggest cities has occurred. But his prediction was that would cause rivers of blood... Like the, the, like the River Tiber, the, the streets of Britain would be, rivers of blood would be ahead. That never happened. No, I didn't say that happened, though, did I? What I said is some of what he predicted came true. So I do think he was right in some things in that sense. Some cities are no longer diverse. They are no longer diverse in the sense that there isn't a mix of cultures where it's now been completely replaced by one culture right. over another. Like, like where? A lot of boroughs of London where the white working classes have been moved out in exchange for a lot of people from What other... do you mean they've been moved out? Well, a lot of the council states in central London now, in some of those boroughs, have been completely demographically changed to a completely alien culture to what it would have been 50 years ago. But what do you mean an alien culture? I mean, in East End London, it used to be very Jewish. 
and now yes. it's more Muslim. But that's yeah. always been the case. So, I mean, that's so that's a very alien culture to what it was then, isn't it? No, no, I mean they're British Muslims. Yes, but it's an alien culture. What do you it's mean? A different a culture. Alien culture means it. Alien as in unfamiliar. Yeah, but it's not alien to being British. British is being British means you could be Muslim or Jewish or Hindu. I'm not saying it's to being British. I'm saying it's to the culture of the area, to the beliefs and belief structures of the area, to the institutions that once were there being replaced by new institutions now and new beliefs and new ideologies and new cultures and new religions. Well, they're different completely religions, Completely changing course. it. But, yeah, I mean... But a religion is an entire cultural and ideological outlook on the world. There's still white working-class people who live there who go to school with people from different backgrounds and they mix with people from different backgrounds. They're not monocultures. You still have white working-class people in Tower Hamlets. I'm talking about whether or not the native people in those areas feel that they are now in their homeland or if their homeland confronts them as something other, something which distracts them from what they believe themselves to be. Well, I, th I think I, millions of people are actually happy with being diverse. I mean, London has huge numbers of mixed relationships where people from different cultures quite literally set, set families up together. I mean, that's a good thing, surely. I'm not saying it's good or bad. It's neither here nor there. Well, you, Diversity just, is not inherently good. It's not inherently bad. That's not my point. Well, I think it's inherently good. But why, just, is, why do you think that? Because I think you get a, an interesting exchange of cultures and worldviews and that makes for a more interesting and dynamic yeah, But society. why does a mix of cultures and worldviews provide something good, necessarily? Because we learn from each other. Yes, but why? Well, let's say there's... there's some archetypal brilliant worldview, the best possible worldview, right. right? Would you then say, oh, let's make it more diverse and mix it with other worldviews? No. It's a tough issue, tough question to answer, really. Andrew, you're a seasoned political commentator. I What's am. the atmosphere? The atmosphere is quite quiet this year. I think there's a nervous atmosphere and it remains a very divided party. You'll hear a lot of confidence and, as it were, a kind of mainstream vision for the future coming from the, uh, the conference floor above all Jeremy Hunt this afternoon, you know, talking about the economy improving. No room for tax cuts yet, but we're going in the right direction. But he is almost drowned out by the noises off. We've got Liz Truss back, unapologetic, very big tax cuts now. We've got Lord Crudders, John Crudders, a Conservative peer addressing a Conservative audience, calling for the defunding of the Conservative Party. We've got Priti Patel praising Nigel Farage and UKIP. The noises off remain pretty loud and pretty difficult, I think, for those people who think and are trying to lead the Conservative Party. Do you think this party's resigned to defeat? No, not quite. I think an awful lot of people I talk to around the floor, MPs included, say, yeah, we're, we're, we're going down, we know we're going down. And that is part of Rishi Sunak's problem, because there are people around here who are starting to think like opposition politicians. They're starting to enjoy themselves in the sandpit and kind of fling stuff at each other, um, as you can do if you're in opposition and, you, you know, you're not really... The Conservatives were always a power party, I think, not an ideological party in many ways, and they're beginning, as soon as they lose power, everything falls apart. And you think there'll be a big epic civil war when that happens? I think if it happens, there'll be really epic, yeah. Um, I, Part of the problem, if you look at, um, if you ask yourself now, what is the conservative philosophy? It's really, there is no answer to that. Yeah. You know, we've, we've had, as it were, civic conservatism under Theresa May. We've had, you know, ego-driven populism under Boris Johnson. We've had patrician, um, you know, socially liberal but austerity-driven conservative under uh, Cameron and Osborne, and then we've had the truss explosion, and we've got Rishi Sunak as a kind of, um, you know, tech bro, um, accountancy conservatism. A culture warrior. 
um, up to a point, but, but he's really a tech bro guy, so what he wants to be, you know, gets into the detail. And if you put all of that together, there isn't a single coherent philosophical thread running through it, which makes it very hard. Because if you're going to the country and say, have another five years of us, I think the country looks at the Conservatives at the moment and says, five years of what exactly? Oh, hey, Rishi. Rishi. Hi. Rishi, why? Oh, what? Oh. What a shame. to write off the Conservatives. They're heading for a very likely electoral battering. They're having an identity crisis. You ask people here what they've achieved in 13 years and they struggle to even say. You can see the rapturous response of the likes of Liz Truss to Nigel Farage. You can see them doubling down on cultural arguably because they lack a vision for the country. They put levelling up at the heart of their 2019 manifesto and yet they've come to Manchester to slash the HS2 leg to Manchester. And yet maybe keep the champagne on ice. Because a party which is in desperate circumstances can do some pretty panicked things. And they've still got time to inflict a lot of damage on the country. So if this is not a vision for the country you like from the Conservatives, these are, I think, very disturbing months ahead before, hopefully, for people like myself, this lot are finally booted out of number 10. So we're not funded by conservative donors. If you'd like us to do more documentaries, you can watch on patreon.com forward slash owenjays84 to help keep the show on the road and offer an alternative to our right-wing dominated media. are on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.